everyone. You are listening to the Arts Fuse Presents, the Short Fuse Podcast. I am your host, Deanna Costa. You may remember me from a bit close to the middle of season one. I was a co-host alongside our good friends, Matt Hansen and Lucas Spiro, but now I'm taking over. What is the Short Fuse Podcast? Well, if you didn't listen to our first season, let me bring you up to speed. We are a summary recap of the Arts Fuse magazine, which is an online publication that covers Boston, New England, the entire country, sometimes international stuff. We are arts critics, we are commentators, we cover theater, music, visual art, dance, and when I say music, I'm talking from good old classical all the way up to modern day. I, for one, do a monthly column where I usually center on rap and R&B, but sometimes dabble into rock and roll. We have a plethora of very talented jazz critics, and we also discuss a whole lot of literature Theater in the Boston and New England areas is pretty big on our radar. But what are we talking about today? Well, today is going to be our transition episode. So we were able to have an awesome conversation with our good friends, Matt and Lucas. I will warn you up ahead. I hope that you won't shoot the messenger on her first try, but the audio quality of this phone call is not fantastic. I can promise it will get better. But, uh, it's, it's not great. I believe Matt described it as walkie-talkies in World War I, and I'd say that's pretty spot on. So without further ado, here is Matt, Lucas, and I. I've got uh, dueling cell phones right now, and I have you guys as close as you can be, so we'll just see how that works out. <laughs> I actually heard you okay, Lucas. Do you want to talk for a little bit, Lucas? We'll see how clear you come through. I'm sitting here on a, uh, you know, they got different names for things in Hawaii. and uh, what? Uh, so I'm on what we would call a balcony. It's apparently a lanai in Hawaii. Whoa. Would you guys like to formally introduce yourselves to our old and hopefully new listeners and maybe give brief introduction of where you are and how it's going. You, you may remember me as the former host of the RCU's podcast. My name is Lucas Spiro and I uh, was the host of the RCU's podcast for its first sort of uh, yearish uh, of existence. It's now in the hands of Cian Costa. I'm in Maui right now, so I don't really give a fuck about anything. <laughs> As you shouldn't. I haven't written anything in the RCUs in a while, but I'm still part of the family, still a member. You know, it's like Cosa Nostra, you know, just as soon as you're out, they pull you back in. <laughs> and But I've been on the road for, for a while now. I did a, a cross-country road trip with my new wife, and we uh, did a nice sort of a cultural, musical, food sort of thing through Appalachia and the South. Went through all the major musical movies, uh, uh, American folk music and, and uh, bluegrass and traditional stuff in Appalachia and then country music, music capital in Nashville. And then we hit up the blues and rock and roll headquarters there in Memphis. 
for the rock and roll headquarters really then went down to the delta to the blues territory down to uh where matt hansen now resides in new orleans the home of jazz and that you know of course what i realized is that there are no authentic experiences left in the united states <laughs> that's <laughs> very true <laughs> welcome to the desert of the real exactly right that's about it for me though yeah i mean i i wanted to show my my new wife the sort of scale and scope of the sanity that is the american project mm. uh, you know one of the things that we've been able to take away from this trip as people who are ridiculously plugged into like media and culture and there's just too much going on in people's lives in real life for them to care about all the things that you would tend to typically care about on things like i don't know arts podcasts or you know the internet or something like that the widespread ease of apathy towards what we consider to be respectable positions on things like politics or culture wars or whatever it is and how the only real life existence is make a dollar, spend your dollar, and try to get to the end of the month. Pretty much what I've seen across the entire country, even here in Hawaii. I would say that's very astute from my experiences in both Appalachia and rural New York, which I both call home, does seem to all be a little bit of the same. Yeah, so I'm real relaxed. Well, that's great. I, I really enjoyed that introduction into your life now, your non-Boston life. Yeah. Yeah, likewise. This is definitely um, perceptive stuff. So, um, hello everyone. I'm Matt Hansen. I'm a contributing editor at the Arts Fuse. Been there for about five years now. The original co-host of the original uh, incarnation of the podcast. I now, after many years in the Boston area, I was born and raised in New Englander. I now live in New Orleans. Only about two months in, so I can't quite call myself a local yet. Obviously, this is the kind of thing you have to sort of earn. True. But, you know, at the same time, uh, I am getting really annoyed by the presence of tourists, like, whenever <laughs> I go, whenever I try to do anything. And Bourbon Street has, like, totally let me down many times now. Uh, and then you head down there, and you're like, a little bit like what my colleague was referring to earlier. There's a monoculture and a, a whole lot of red-faced, beefy, somewhat uh, out of place and very liquored up uh, individuals moseying around, mm. looking weird and acting strange. And, you know, there is that sense of, this is something that I'm teaching at a, a community college down here at Delgado Community College. Very and, nice. Yeah, it's really been a nice gig and the students are wonderful. And, and so you find things that you can connect with them about. They, a lot of them are local, of course, or the children of local. Mm-hmm. And they're all saying, I mean, you know, you get, uh, we, were, we were reading the essay, um, Consider the Lobster by the great David Foster, the late great David Foster Wallace. And part of the essay he talks about is this lobster festival in Maine and how the whole city in Maine is kind of, you know, building itself up to be this place to go and like eat lobster and like lobster culture and lobster hats and bibs and <laughs> shirts, sneakers and dangling earrings, whatever. And, you know, it's kind of this over-the-top, you know, commercialization. Yeah. Right? And so the kids can get into that. This sort of the world, as Lucas referred earlier just now, you know, referred to, it's kind of the world they were you know, brought up in. Everywhere mm-hmm. you go, you shining something's being commercialized for you. Yeah. The experience has been packaged and sort of pre-processed for your consumption. And so I applied that to this, in many ways, very wonderful 
city. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they all had a lot to say about it. It's definitely something that rang true to their experience. Oh, I can imagine. Everyone's going. They want to have the New Orleans experience. Right. So what do they do? They go to the places where they think the the real the capital our real mm-hmm. New Orleans is, and every place out there is offering crazy Cajun Larrys, Shrimp <laughs> Go Go, right? And everything has the motto where the real where the real locals eat. And I think some do mostly because they're just lost and, and wandering and <laughs> have the munchies. Uh, <laughs> but it's not like the beloved little, you know, holes in the walls, yeah. yeah, from books. Also, but there's Frenchman Street, which is what a lot of students were like, you want to hang out on Frenchman Street. And even then, Frenchman Street has some wonderful little holes in the wall. Uh, when Lucas came down to visit on his epic tour dates, we yeah. hung out at the Spotted Cat, which I totally enjoy tremendously. And so all that needs to be addressed. But at the same time, there are wonders in this city, and there's wonderful mm. little corners. So we went to the um, New Orleans Museum of Modern Art, mm. And that was really impressive. And it has a wonderful sculpture garden, strolled around oh, outside. Oh, that's very cool. Until we, around, until we sold it home. And there was a lot of wonderful stuff. There was some really impressive uh, a, a exhibitions, and they had, you know, some uh, really exciting excerpts from collections and things, and it's a beautiful museum, so it's just in the three miles from our apartment, I mean, it's right across from where I work, so it's right in your backyard. That's awesome. Yeah, which is something I really like about this place, you don't really have to go that far to get your kids. Right. And if, hypothetically speaking, it's four o'clock in the morning, and perhaps you've been in- engaged in some adult beverage taking, <laughs> to the MBTA. So the thing is, though, is that there's a lot of passive-aggressiveness, a lot of grind, and a lot of just sort of uh, shared misery uh, on the MBTA. All of the above. Right. But that said, I could, you know, stumble out of my apartment at 6 in the morning, hop on the the, the top of the hill, get to UMass Boston within uh, an hour and a half, about an hour-ish, right? Give or take, with a couple of transfers in between. So I got to give it some love. Here, I have stood in the heat and the bug and the just misery of waiting at a bus stop for a bus that never comes. Oh, no. Do you find in New Orleans are people living more in a coexisting way? Or what do you think? Um, I think there's, it is a majority black city, and I, I think there's kind of a tradition of it being poor city, too. Mm. So you've got, you know, you've got your Croatians, you've got your Vietnamese, you've got Italians, Irish. It is, like, a fairly diverse. I'm in Uptown, which I kind of think of as the, like, Camberville of NOLA. Okay. Because it's, like, a half-hour walk to Tulane and Loyola. So it's kind of, like, a relatively bougier section. I'm sure there's there's more hoity-toity sections, but it's a little bit more kind of Cambridge-y. Gotcha. I hear people saying stuff about, like, oh, yeah, you got to go to the West Bank, you got to go to, you know, the Irish Channel, down by Chocolatulas, and all these things will happen in good time, I think. Absolutely. And also, like, people have been telling me when they moved here in the 90s, it was, like, 700 bucks for, like, a clawfoot bathtub, two bedrooms, balcony, right, like, 20-foot ceilings, like, you could get a really kept out apartment for nothing That's in the nice. 90s. Yeah, so even now, like, we're paying, I, I just, I 
pinch myself every day because we're paying like a fraction of what we paid in Boston. Oh, sure. A place, a much nicer place. And people are like, I know it's gentrifying like crazy, and I'm always like, uh, well, I'll try and start these. Yeah. <laughs> no kidding, though. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's one of the poles of the southern states. Is that, mm-hmm. that cheaper living? Social services aren't that hot either. That's the other part. Of that. Oh so, like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like teaching at a community college, you know, I'm getting like a fraction of what I got at UMass. What I taught at UMass Boston. Right. Right. Are you calling UMass Boston a community college? Oh. No, no, no. <laughs> when I was at UMB, like it was much, you know, the, the unions were stronger, and it was a, they were really, right. you know, strong on protecting your teachers. Is Louisiana the poorest state in the union? I don't think it is. Actually, I think it's Arkansas. I would I believe Arkansas or Mississippi. Yeah, either I think way. It's Mississippi, but either way, it's got to be in the bottom. I think it's like it's got to be in the bottom five. But anyway, I think it's the second right. poorest. New Orleans is an island within itself, within the state of Louisiana. So it's not like Charles, it's not Shreveport, it's not Baton Rouge. And the South is... Do you want to know a great thing about about Louisiana? Is that the official narrative has three distinct cultural sections of Louisiana. Northern Louisiana, Southern Louisiana, and New Orleans. Exactly. Interesting. Oh, very much so. Absolutely. It is the most unique place in the United States of America. In my experience, yeah, if you absolutely. want true deep south, you have to go to a middle of nowhere town in like Georgia or Alabama or something yeah. along that line. It's not a city, whatever state it's in. You're so right that people paint the south with very When I lived in North Carolina and I developed a fairly thick, thick accent because I lived in the Piedmont, which is pretty close to the Blue Ridge. And uh, when I moved back to New York in eighth grade, I forced myself to stifle my accent because people determined that I was stupid based on the accent that I had. I will say when my friends were here to visit, people definitely talked down to them. And I can only imagine it was because they were very obviously Southern. And that's, right. that's something that I think a lot of Southern people are pretty aware of, which is mm-hmm. it's quite it's quite unfair. It is. Mm-hmm. It, it's also true that the South is sort of used for uh, Northern wealthy people or Northern retirees that yeah. take advantage of the cheaper living once they've made their bucks and they're ready to just kind of cash in on that. And so I will I will say good on you for trying to acclimate and heading down there young and with an open mind as you okay. are. I'm in your home, you know? This, yeah. is, this is your this is where you guys know the lay of the land. I'm a new guy here and I try to respect that. It was funny, I was teaching um a raisin the sun and there's a scene where one of the characters talks about paying somebody off to build a liquor store and uh how you gotta do that, that's the way of the world. I knew what I was doing, but I mentioned I said, you know, that's the mentality that's not unheard of Mm-hmm. And like big dig and you know just 
I said there was a councilwoman who shoved $25,000 cash into her bra at a sub shop down the street from Beacon Hill. Incredible. A restaurant, which in itself is a feat of, like, engineering. I don't even know how to do it. $25,000 cash has got to be a fair amount of just, like, <laughs> I mean, truly. But then when I <laughs> Well, it sounds like the Big Easy is going well for you, though. It is. Which is great to hear. I'm looking forward to being obnoxiously vocal in a few years. Upcoming on this season, just to give you a little overview of what you have to look forward to from... November to May. We will have interviews with Fuse greats such as Glenn Rifkin and Helen Epstein and more. We will also potentially have crossovers with fellow Somerville Media Center podcasts because in case you did not know, good old SCAT TV or SMC, whatever you may know it as, is our recording home, and we greatly appreciate their facilities and instruction. We will also be doing a bit of a topical seasonal episodes, such as the Winter Holidays Seasonal Art Review coming up in December. We will have predictions for the new decade as we gear up for the new year. I don't know about you, but I am certainly hoping that by 2020, we will have shaken off these teenage blues we seem to be going through in 2019 and have blossomed into fantastic young adults. I guess a lot of that will depend on how things go in November of 2020, but hey, we can have hope, right? Well, we will also discuss, very fascinating in my opinion, my not-so-unbiased opinion, Valentine's Day slash love and romance in creative relationships with myself and my husband, Michael, who you may remember from a season one episode, and our good friends Anna Dollar and Dylas Lewis, who will be coming all the way up from North Carolina to talk about love and life with a creative by your side. So we've got a lot to talk about this upcoming season, and we hope that you will join us. If you just can't get enough and you're interested in our Arts Fuse magazine, well, you can find that online at artsfuse.org. We also have podcast-exclusive social media, so you can chat with us, connect however you like at the Short Fuse Podcast Facebook page. Just go into Facebook and look up the Short Fuse Podcast and you'll be there. And we have a Twitter, at the Short Fuse Pod. If you have comments, questions, concerns, complaints, I'll take it all. I've got thick skin, don't worry about me. You can send me an email at the Short Fuse Podcast at gmail.com. And I will be sure to file it where appropriate. Up next, a new feature on season two. Our very own Stephen Provisor has put together what he calls the cultural curmudgeon. Listen in now. Welcome to this is your intrepid reporter steve pro oops water's coming up just need to climb up a bit higher um see if i can keep my feet dry here 
good thing I brought this milk crate just in case. I, I take it with me most of the time now. Seems you just can't trust that today's dry land won't become tomorrow's mini lake. There we are. So, I'm here today at the Capitol as legislators take up a new bill that some say would go a long way towards reevaluating our nation's policy toward carbon emissions. This will be the uh, 17th time that the House has taken up this particular issue. There is some feeling that with the continuing loss of property and sinking economy, that any measure that would force the business community to adhere to more stringent anti-pollution legislation could have a negative effect on the nation's economic recuperation. Oh, dear. I see this is going to be more than a one milk crate day. Luckily, uh, I also brought a rope and grappling hook, and I just have to swing it up and over the rafters here. And as I climb up to higher ground, I'll go on with my report. Um, So, as Congress continues the debate, we see that there has been some solidification of positions. We're on the verge of midterm elections, and many large contributors oppose any movement in the direction of this legislation gaining any traction. Uh, speaking of traction, just I wish I wore my gloves. Um, uh, this has been Steve B. reporting from what used to be the District of Columbia, but which now seems to be the Isle of Columbia. God, I hope he drifts south. I always wanted to visit the Caribbean. Thank you for listening to The Cultural Curmudgeon. You may remember from Season 1, Lucas used to read Upcoming Attractions, which is a feature of the ArtsViews website. Uh, curated by our benevolent leader and editor-in-chief and founder, Bill Marks, who I'm sure will be on the show again. But I'd like to keep that tradition going. So here's a few from the coming attractions. And if you'd like to find out more, just hit up artsfuse.org. You'll see in the top bar, there's a menu for coming attractions. Click on that and you'll see a big old archive of all of the coming attractions that have ever been put out. I'm reading from the most recent one in film in the Boston area. Coming up, we have quite a few pretty awesome film festivals. November 1st through the 3rd, the Independent Film Festival Boston Fall Focus Series. That is located at the Brattle Theater in Cambridge. The IFFB presents its mini festival of advanced screenings of some of the best upcoming films. The series includes these promising movies. Sundance Grand Jury Prize winning Clemency, Marriage Story, Wild Goose Lake, Waves, Honey Boy featuring Shia LaBeouf, so that's got to be something, right? The Kingmaker, The Two Popes, Portrait of a Lady on Fire, and The Truth. Complete schedule and descriptions can be found in our Coming Attractions page. Also in cinema, we have new cinema from Brazil at the Museum of Fine Arts Boston. You can catch that from November 2nd to the 9th. The most compelling and inspiring films from Brazil today. At least that is the claim. Selections will include Karim Anuz's The Invisible Life of Eurydice Guasmo, Wagner Moura's Marguerella, Araby by directors Afonso Ukawa, 
and Zhao Dumans, and the Western adventure sci-fi effort Bakurao, a dark horse favorite for this year's Cannes Film Festival. I just want to say, um, if I've offended any Brazilians and completely butchered those names, I apologize deeply, and please feel free to send me a phonetical spelling. Let's see what else we have going on. In the world of visual arts, at the Harvard Art Museum in the Special Exhibitions Gallery, you can see Crossing Lines, Constructing Home, Displacement and Belonging in Contemporary Art. That will be running through January 5th, so no need to rush out the door to catch that one. How do artists address the parallel concepts of borders and the spaces created by immigration? This exhibit features artists such as Do Ho So, Graciela Iturbide, Serena Chopra, and many more, whose work investigates the context of cultural and physical displacement through the lenses of history, identity, language, and belief. Curatorially framed to emphasize individual relationships along with geographic and historical specifics, the show explores spaces of displacement as traumatic and transformative experiences. Very timely work there. Also, uh, another piece that will be around for a long time is the Yayoi Kusama, Love is Calling. That's at the ICA Boston in the seaport, running from September 24th to February 7th, 2021. Premiering in Japan in 2013 and recently acquired as part of the ICA's permanent collection, Love is Calling is one of Kusama's 20 infinity rooms, a darkened space lined with mirrors and interspersed with repetitive bright-colored sculptural forms generates a kaleidoscopic effect that surrounds viewers as they traverse the visually crowded space. The experience is accompanied by a sound recording of the artist reciting her poem, Residing in a Castle of Shed Tears, in Japanese. This vibrant environment explores such themes as love, life, and death. It promises to be a remarkable experience. Well, I don't know if um, this is old news, but in case you weren't aware, the ICA actually does a free Thursday night program. I'm not saying don't give them money, but if you don't have money, the Thursday nights is a way to go. Last one from the coming attractions, we have a little bit of a farther out from Boston, but hey, maybe you can make a weekend of it. Out in the Worcester Art Museum on Salisbury Street in Worcester, running from November 16th through February 2020, we have Photo Revolution, Andy Warhol to Cindy Sherman. I actually have family in the Worcester area and uh, am thoroughly obsessed with Andy Warhol, as it were, so... If you have no desire to head out Worcester Way, it's about an hour from the city, depending on how soul-sucking the traffic is and, you know, where you may live. But I may do a future episode about this one. The description is as follows. In the 1950s, once consumerism, television, and image sharing became commonplace, a new era of photographic experimentation commenced. Photo Revolution presents a wide range of works at the center of this transformation, featuring a wide range of mediums, from artists whose work centered on photography, such as Chris Burden, Nan Golden, John Baldessari, and many more. These artists used photography and video to make social and political statements, turning what was seen as a practical secondary medium into the inspiration for new movements in art. Easy access to photo and video production led to a diversification of format, which stirred artists to not only make work using photography, but to make work about photography. 
I'm definitely gonna have to see that one. Thank you for coming along on this journey. Next episode, we will have a great chat with Glenn Rifkin. He will be talking to us about his recently published book. We will also have another cultural curmudgeon on your way and some more coming attractions. Maybe even a little bit of a conversation about my most recent piece, Up in the Fuse. Intro and transition music, we have many thanks to give to our amazing friend, Dylas. That is D-Y-L-I-S. If you'd like to check him out, he can be found on Spotify and Apple Music. And that's it for us here at the Short Fuse Podcast. If you'd like to hear more or hear us again on a different format, you can find us at simplecast.com. We're also on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thanks, everyone. Have a great evening.